0: This episode of The Cinema Crew is brought to you by Simply Energy and the Simply Gold Class Plus Energy Offer. Family magic in Frozen 2.
1: Who are you? I'm
2: Queen Elsa. I
0: got this. Okay. It began with two sisters.
2: I woke the magical spirits at the Enchanted Forest. Okay, that's definitely not what I thought you were going to say. But promise me... We fix this together, okay?
0: I promise. And a good old-fashioned whodunit in Knives Out. My grandfather didn't commit suicide. Did you spit foul play? This is a heinous crime.
1: None of them are murderers. We are the thrombies, damn dammit! You were counting on that inheritance.
0: Won't you? If it. pause, you know something. Spill it. There is one guilty party behind it all. Knives out. That's this week on the Cinema Crew. Hello and welcome to the Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. Now my name is Michael Campbell, but just because we're friends, you can call me Cambo. And joining me as always is Vary McIntyre. Hello. And Dan Miranda. Hello. Now, your chance to win a gold class double pass coming up just a little later on, thanks to Simply Energy and the Simply Gold Class Plus Energy offer. But first. This is it. Everyone ready? You must go north. Find the truth.
1: Promise me we do this together, okay?
0: I promise. What is there left to say about Frozen at this point? I know it. You know it. Seemingly every kid on planet Earth became obsessed with it. It's based loosely on the Hans Christian Andersen story, The Ice Queen, and stars the voice talents of Kristen Bell, Josh Gad, and the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem. Can the sequel possibly live up to the hype?
2: I don't think that's her name. What's that? I don't think that's her name. Isn't it Adina uh, isn't Menzel? Oh,
0: oh, oh, you've walked straight into my trap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to bring this up because it's too funny yeah, not yeah. to bring up. Of course. In 2014 Academy Awards, John Travolta was deemed the man to introduce Adina Menzel, who plays Elsa. Elsa. Yeah. And he decided to introduce her like this.
1: Gorgeously empowering song, Let It Go from the Oscar-winning animated movie Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele
0: <laughs> So now it's become almost a curse for yeah. poor Adina Menzel yeah. that everyone calls her Adele Dazeem, <laughs> 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 to the point where, um, like, titles of her Broadway shows and stuff have all been changed to say Adele Dazeem, much to her chagrin. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, But isn't terrible. that just, it's
1: fascinating to think that that, Something embarrassing like that has become so, like, bigger than her if he pronounced a name
0: correctly. Correctly, yeah.
2: I don't even know if he said, what was it?
0: Adele. Adele. Because
2: it was more like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm sorry
2: to side everyone
0: right away. Yeah. But uh, tell us about Frozen 2.
2: This one is set after the events of Frozen 1, as in the timeline that we have all experienced however many years it has been, and Elsa is ruling Arendelle. But she is drawn by a mysterious siren song calling from a far-off land that holds buried secrets about Arendelle's past and the origins of her own powers. Mm. So then it goes into this little adventure.
0: So big shoes to fill. Uh,
2: Frozen not only won the
0: Academy Award for Animated Feature that year but also became the highest grossing animated film of all time when it was released and, of course, Let It Go was a a whole thing onto itself. Yes, it still is. So Frozen 2... It's no easy task to make a sequel to that kind of film. No. Ultimately, how do you think it went? Mm. I think ultimately
1: it it tells a story. It gives the universe of Frozen, you know, some legs because you're really stuck in, you know, apart from the the mountains and the the town of Arendelle. In the original, you're just stuck there. But this goes beyond that. They travel to a place called the Enchanted Land. So in this, there's four or five different elements. You've got wind, fire, earth, and water. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yes, Captain Planet. <laughs> but yes, they find that there is something upsetting, or the the peace, so to speak. That's when Elsa's called upon by this ethereal voice.
2: Yeah, these elements get into Arendelle and cause a ruckus, mm. and so they've got to save their town again like the first one um, but this time Elsa's powers she's more in control of and, and she's using it for good and what was so inspiring about this film for me cuz i love love loved it i wasn't really a, a huge fan of the first let it go song and mm-hmm. that everybody seems mm-hmm. to so the music in this one was a lot better for me i think like okay. i haven't seen frozen the, the original one since it came out i guess so i am
0: not I, I always think that poor sure let it go it's a circumstance of its own success mm. because yeah. by itself it's actually quite a good song. Yeah. But then, <laughs> yeah. then it happened, then it and, happened. It yeah. and it was everywhere, and it was everywhere and to the point where it's now like a trigger for people. Yes. Yeah, when that song
2: comes, <laughs> <laughs> so like no
0: fault of its own, it's actually a perfectly well sung and written song. Yeah, but yeah, it can't escape the stigma of "Let It Go."
2: <laughs> I know a lot of people had trepidations about this sequel because, as you said, like it's hard to live up to an original film when it does so well but because I didn't have any love I guess for the first one and its music like I still enjoyed it but I wasn't attached to it as many people might be I went into it with more of an open mind I guess the music that's in it I think may even be better than the first one okay for Mm -hmm. me
1: yeah I think the music is certainly for, for me I love a musical so I'm already on board regardless of you know what's happened previously but I think Everyone is going in. What's the new Let It Go? They're expecting that yeah, song, yeah. and there's yeah. actually potentially two. And the one, the front runner for the mm. for the song is Into the Unknown. And uh, I know, uh, yeah, <laughs> we were humming that a little bit later on, but <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah the, I think the music is good in the way that it tells story elements and character traits for me there's probably two front running songs and so the original songs are all written by
0: robert lopez correct is he back for this one
1: all the the original creative team have come back for this as well as the cast so Mm. i think that just shows that they have a love for money i mean they they love (laughs) the, the franchise
2: i know there was controversy around the first film as well where people on the internet debated the selective use of Sami culture that appears in the first film. Now, Sami are the indigenous cultures of the Scandinavian regions. And so Disney was accused of a bit of appropriation and whitewashing. So for this film, Disney actually signed a contract with the Sami people, the Sami council and some of their parliaments to respectfully portray Sami culture. So they had experts to help them as creative consultants and so the community of Northuldra, which is the this different community that's living in this ancient forest that they travel to, is inspired by the Sami. And in this film, the second one, it acknowledges their erasure and absence from the first film. Kind of an allegory to what's happening to the Sami people right now in the real world. And when I found that out, I didn't think Disney could be so culturally sensitive and aware about things happening mm. right now. Oh,
0: this is Disney of 2019. Mm. They're actually now very good at completely reversing some of the uh, the damage. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, especially with uh, even movies like Aladdin where in years past that would have been more whitewashed than it it was when they, they made it now. They're actually quite good at taking on criticism of their old films and trying the best they can to, like, change to be yeah, culturally sensitive. Of
2: yeah, so in this second film, it enriches and expands the mythology behind the characters and the origins of Elsa's powers. It goes into a bit of, as we said, with these nature spirits from Scandinavian folklore, which you know I love. Mm-hmm. There's like a water horse, which is a, a knockin', um, which oh. is a shape-shifting type creature. Um, and these elements are all in the film, So and a lot of reindeer as well, which is part of semiculture. culture So it was really great to see something so culturally appropriate for Disney. And just
1: on that, I think the song that starts the original Frozen, which I, I don't know if this is how you pronounce it, it's called mm. Vuli or Vule, it's like this beautiful chant. It doesn't really yeah. appear throughout the first film at all and then yeah. it comes to a head where, oh, this is where this music is from and it, yeah. it's, it's tied into the universe really well.
2: They acknowledged it briefly in the first film, that sort of Indigenous culture, which is what they got criticism mm. for. And so in this one they really delve into it a bit more and they actually wrap that up into the plot of Frozen. So there's history between Arendelle and Northoldra that you find out and as you said with the first film where it's just very isolated to this one town and it's more the story between Elsa and Anna and their relationship whereas this widens the world. It goes much deeper and and much broader and it's more mystical.
0: We kind of can't talk about Frozen without talking about kids because kids became – obsessed with this movie. It became like an industry. So do you think Frozen 2 still manages to kind of, you guys are obviously entertained, but we're, we're all adults. Will it entertain the kids? Oh, as well?
1: absolutely. This yeah. film is.
0: There's, there's enough Olaf to go around? Well, Olaf, oh, yeah. move
1: over Olaf is what I've got to say. because <laughs> Really? Oh, well, I think there's a new opportunity in the most adorable salamander you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yes, His name is uh, Bruni and he's uh, he's one of the, the the element spirits. He's the fire spirit and he's animated basically like a puppy and he's so adorable. So the opportunity for merchandise of him <laughs> is going to be oh, incredible. Yeah.
2: Now that's one thing I don't think there are salamanders in Scandinavian folklore but I will forgive them. There's no fire salamanders in-, <laughs> in a very icy wintry country. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. But talking of Olaf, he does go through a bit of an existential crisis. Mm. He's asking a lot of questions. In the first film, you know, he's a newborn. He's yeah. basically a toddler just walking around like wondering at the world. Yeah. And in this one He's really starting to ask more of the hard-hitting questions. i like, what is life and what is the meaning of things? And so he's growing into a more like self-aware little child. And so I think hopefully kids of that age might be able to latch onto that a bit more.
0: I will admit I've been one to take a jab or two at Josh Gad over the course yeah. of this podcast, but I yeah. know life is his best role, For sure. far and away. So I am yeah. actually happy to see him return.
2: Um And Kristoff's song, which was hilarious, is inspired by 80s power ballads, kind of reminiscent of Queen. <laughs> There's like a bit of a throwback to a music video of like Bohemian Rhapsody with some reindeer. So who do you think should see Frozen 2?
0: Oh, this film is
1: honestly, it's, it's for all ages. It's colourful and it's got whimsy. This film is honestly for anyone because like you've got colour and whimsy for the little ones and it has uh, quite a, intrinsic fascinating story for the older audiences. So I think there are some comedic moments. They may come off a bit cheesy, but if if you love the original or any other Disney musical, you, you're gonna have to see Frozen 2.
2: Yeah, the animation in this is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. They there's so much detail in the landscape and even the costumes are great as well. I hope people of Sammy background, if they watch this, that it it does do what Disney hoped, that it it shows a more culturally representative idea of Sami culture which I really liked, learnt a little bit more about it in a kid-friendly way. So that was really great. I think a lot of people are going to love this, even if you didn't like the first one.
0: Also still in cinemas,
2: Fisherman's Friends. Ten fishermen from Cornwall achieve a top ten hit with Sea Shanties.
1: 21 Bridges. Chadwick Boseman locks down New York City in order to find some crooks.
2: Judy and Punch. An Australian live adaptation of the Punch and Judy show, Official Secrets,
1: Catherine Gunn's true story of how
0: the Iraq war started,
2: and Countdown. Find out when you're going to die through an app.
0: Yes, you can hear about all of those movies and an exclusive interview with some of the cast and crew director of Judy and Punch in our back catalogue, which you can access from whichever podcast app you'd like.
1: If I could
2: pause, why are we doing all this? Let's back it up. The family has desperate motives. And when good people get desperate, the knives come out. You know something, spill it. I suspect foul play.
0: just google that? I did just google that. You gotta do this more often. The cast behind Knives Out is something of a filmmaker's dream. Between Oscar winners, well-established movie stars and brand new up-and-comers, Ryan Johnson's latest film, an old-fashioned whodunit, seems to be a throwback to Hollywood of yesteryear. Dan, is it a trip worth taking?
1: It's running on the coketails of last year's uh, Murder on the Orient Express, uh-huh. you know, that Who Done It, but uh, it's in a more contemporary setting and it's akin to, in my opinion, the more superior 1985 classic Clue. But <laughs> the, the one comparison with that is both of these films have a galaxy of stars that, Absolutely, on their own right, are just incredible and it's a complete delight. This film, after the death of the patriarch Harlan Thromby, the infamous novelist, he he celebrates his eighty-fifth birthday celebration and he's found to be dead. And so the detective Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig, <laughs> oh, it's incredible! Like he he questions each of the extremely eccentric family members and staff to uncover the truth of what the late author's demise actually was.
0: Now, I think before we even get into this, it should be said this is a difficult film to review mm. because there's certain elements to it that, that you don't want to give away that make it different, but we're we can't we're going to have to talk around it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, for that, sure. So bear in mind that we're going to give you the the bare minimum to know about this movie before <laughs> going in. That being said, it's best to go in, I think, as blank as possible. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Benoit Blanc, <laughs> which I must say, Daniel Craig does an incredible Southern draw. Mm.
0: I love it. Any time that Daniel Craig doesn't play James Bond, yeah. he has the best time. Of course. I don't know if anyone saw Logan Lucky, but he played like a criminal uh, again with the Southern yes. <laughs> yeah. He always like comes so alive, and then he looks so sad when he's James oh. Bond.
2: <laughs> but in this one, as it's been said, as a modernized murder mystery, it's been likened to like an Agatha Christie yeah, style murder mystery. And that was quite misleading for me, because when I saw those connections, I thought that it meant it was based on an Agatha Christie novel. Oh. I must have misread them. So I went in thinking, "Oh, this is a novel." But no, it's completely new story by um Ryan Johnson who wrote and directed Looper as well and, yep. and a few other great yep. films.
0: Brick Brothers Bloom and, controversially, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Ooh. Oh,
2: yes. there is, yes. And he's actually come out and said one of the characters in this is based on the trolls that did not yes. like yes. Star Wars. So, yeah,
0: you, you can, knowing that information... You can see it. Like, it's <laughs> simple when you go absolutely. in. Absolutely. It's it's almost his venting about uh, the online trolls that mm-hmm. attack that movie. Mm-hmm.
1: So for me, when it comes to It, I, I like to see an equal screen time or, you know, measure on each of the characters. And I think one actress who steals the show without fail is Anna Diarmas.
0: Yes. She's incredible. I am so happy. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've had such a crush on this girl since I saw her in Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love her. I think she's absolutely wonderful. And I, I actually wasn't even aware she was in it. So when she popped up I'm like oh that's mm-hmm. Yamas that's great. And then she she does like there's established there's like Chris Evans there's Jamie Lee Curtis and somehow she comes away as like the MVP of this movie. Yeah. And what I liked about this movie and it's something that people either like or don't like about Ryan Johnson movies. He tends to take convention and flip it on its head a little bit. Mm. And you know again we're, we're trying not to give away too much but there's an established thing that who done it's done through a certain point of view. And this is actually who done it through a completely new point of view that I haven't really experienced before, which made it kind of fresh.
2: Yeah, there are a couple of different perspectives in it as well. As you said, Dan, there isn't a lot of focus on maybe establishing who could have done it, Mm. but with such a big ensemble cast, I at least appreciated that they were distinctive characters and they all had Uh, strong personalities so they clash a lot which was great because you know at the heart of any family story a dysfunctional family (laughs) is the best one and there's a lot of dysfunction so that yeah the relationships between the characters was what was interesting and it was this character the the housekeeper or or nurse Marta who was the outsider Mm. of this and I guess she was an outsider as an actor as well because all of these other ones are big stars and um She's not so much of a big star yet. I'll what, say.
0: I, what I really like as well is, I, well, and I'll say this, I think that your enjoyment of this movie, and it's an incredibly fun movie, mm. is purely based on whether or not you're willing to go along with the fact that it is this weird 1970s style murder mystery plot. And in fact, I think of the divisive things I've seen about it, some people thought like they weren't prepared for it to be so kind of unashamedly a murder mystery. There's monologues of, ah, oh, but you were there, but then this was happening. like, <laughs> yeah. it's got all of that. The And so when it came out of it, I came out of it saying, I thought it was really fun. And someone I was with was like, seemed weird. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think as long as you're willing to kind of go with that, there's so much fun to be had.
2: Oh, yeah. Ryan Johnson's movies are really weird, though. So, going into one of his films, you're expecting these motifs that he uses a lot. Like, he'll use secret notes that get passed around a lot. The characters, they're all going on journeys. He usually uses contemplative sunsets, you know, things like this that are, are staples in all his films. So, you've got to be in that sort of mood that you know he does these sort of quirky left of field stuff.
1: And I will say, if you are a fan of his, other films there are plenty of easter eggs throughout sprinkled throughout that will uh keep you guessing thought
0: the the way that the convention of a whodunit changed was really interesting and really fun and daniel craig is obviously having a great time my only fault is at the end there's the classic whodunit situation where you things will always kind of fall into place the very end of it felt too conventional to a regular who done it when the whole start of it had been so against that, mm. and that's my only thing. I think is I had such a great time, but when it got to the end, I was like, I don't know if it for me landed that last very last ending bit.
2: Okay, I felt satisfied by the ending. Well, that's good. Yeah. Mm. So it, it,
0: it's really about I guess what you expect from it. Either yeah. way, yeah. Um, that, that's that's my only criticism of it, is the very end. I was like, oh yeah, that seems like a a regular murder mystery to me, but, but the rest of it had been so different. Mister Blanc, I just buried my father. Why are you here?
2: I suspect foul play.
0: <laughs> I will say there was something kind of fun as well in seeing Chris Evans who for the last 10 years, has been the virtue of goodness and yes. righteousness, be such a horrible character because oh, yeah. he is the black sheep of the family. He's abrasive. He's kind of a rich, entitled brat, which is actually the role Chris Evans used to always play mm. back in like Not Another Teen Movie, that era Chris Evans where you Johnny Storm and stuff. And he's so good at it. He's yeah. so good at being the worst that it was fun. Again, like Daniel Craig, like Anna Diamos, you can see that these people are obviously just loving these characters that they're getting to play.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a real standout as well. When the actors are clearly enjoying themselves and have real connections with each other, that really comes across on screen.
0: So, who do you think should see Knives Out? The cast in this film
1: shine so. Rightly, that I would see the film purely for the cast.
2: And for
0: those, maybe uninitiated, you want to list off some of the We've got stars Jamie Lee
1: though. Curtis, we've got Anna Diamas, Christopher Plummer, we've got Tony, S- Collette. Tony Collette, we've got Catherine we Langton. mentioned
0: Tony Collette, she's so good. She's so yeah. hilarious.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, there are a few of the people that are in this film. And I think I really admire how Ryan Johnson goes down a You know the unbeaten path, so to speak, because like he's not only Mm. uh, directing this film, but he's producing it and he wrote it. So he's really like taken all these eggs in one basket, so to speak, to really go. Now this is the way I want my film to be, and for better or worse, I think you know I admire that. And so yeah, if you're a fan of classic whodunits, I think you will enjoy this. I think it's uh, akin to potentially the old TV series Columbo or or even Murder She Wrote.
2: Mm, I'm gonna say it's a lot better than the Murder on the Orient Express. I agree, which was like a pain by numbers. So if you want something a bit different, a bit of mystery, really great characters, that quirky, fun, black humor in it as well. It was just really fun. And as you mentioned, Ryan, doing the writing, producing and directing, that can be a disservice to some films where one person has creative control over all of it. Mm. This really shone because he had a very clear vision of what he wanted and was a good vision and it came out really well.
0: So Vari. You seem to really love Frozen too. Yeah. And remind me, what is the kingdom called in Frozen? Arendelle. Now, if you have a magical kingdom like Arendelle, or in fact an enchanted forest, you're probably going to need a lot of energy and power. That's where Simply Energy would come into play for me because Simply Energy has an offer that will appeal to any movie lover like us.
2: It's like medieval times and I don't think they have power.
0: Simply Energy would sort that out. They're that good. Yeah, Simply Energy has a great deal for movie lovers. Switch to Simply Gold Class Plus and you can receive up to eight Gold Class tickets with your Energy offer. Search Simply Energy to find out more. Now, for your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass, thanks to Simply Energy and the Simply Gold Class Plus Energy offer, Simply head to the Village Cinema's social media pages, look for the Cinema Crew post, and answer the question.
2: Well to celebrate Frozen 2, we want to know what is your favorite Disney movie sequel. Ooh, I always like uh, Return of Jafar. Oh I
1: really <laughs> know that's fine. Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, simply leave your answer with the hashtag the Cinema Crew for your chance to win. Next week, get ready to click along with the Adams family and a con man drama in The Good Liar. Until next time. Thank you, Barrett. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. My name is Cambo, and this is The Cinema Crew, The Village Cinemas.